Welcome back, everybody, to the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I am your host, Austin Alvarez. I am joined today by three men who are in much better physical shape, uh, probably literally and optically than me. Uh, but when I had heard about these gentlemen, uh, it piqued my interest because they had a angle at a particular topic that we cover a lot on this show that I haven't quite heard before, and I was really curious to hear it. But I am joined by these three gentlemen who are the Iron Disciples, who you guys have your own podcast, correct? Yes, yes. We are, we're a Christian men's podcast. We're out of Florida. And uh, started as a gym group. We all met at the gym and uh, kind of evolved into like... Joe and I met in the uh, in utero. Oh, yeah. Right, right. The first tell. gym we had. If you can't <laughs> tell, they match. They match a little bit. How did, how did that happen? You guys were in the gym. You're like, yo, you love God, too? Uh, you know what happened <laughs> was much. basically we're like, yo, you're doing good. Uh, what's up with that? Let's share some advice. And then we're nerds. So like, we're, this is kind of why our Bible study has a unique appeal is we like apologetics. We like hermeneutics. We like deep dive study. You're not going to get that in church. Church, you get like a little TED talk, some worship. But guys are nerds. We're nerds. We may be look in this physical condition, but we enjoy getting into the minutia and tearing stuff apart. So when we met... Joe and I already had a little Bible study on Saturday mornings where we would drink coffee and dig deep together. And we hadn't found a lot of other guys who would enjoy that with us. So we started talking about, I think it was calf raises. And then after that, I was kind of like, yo, you know, I don't know what, what happened. I think but it was Jordan Peterson. No, it was Ravi Zacharias. Oh, okay, okay. And he's, in a, he's an apologist that recently died. And so we started talking about that. Then Jordan Peterson. Then we started talking about a bunch more of these guys, kind of thought leaders we had. And before we knew it, it was kind of like stepbrothers. We're like, are we best friends, Did we bro? just become best friends? <laughs> and then we had lunch, and I was kind of like talking to my wife and Joe. I was like, some weird shit happened. I actually met somebody that loves the Lord that's cool with this background of common interests, and I can't wait for you to meet him. And then he became part of the Bible study. It was a little humble thing, just three guys. And before we knew it, it had grown. We had responsibilities to help younger guys. And the, the, the condition that we found is that like guys who were in the gym – they're, they found a way to enhance their bodies physically. And so then, of course, as they're growing older, they're, they have the spiritual condition, become, they become aware of that, and they want to self-apply to get spiritual gains, right? And so we're like, welcome. Let's show you how. It's just like that, uh, I forgot what movie, but the Arnold meme, where it's just the two buff Lock arms coming yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah welcome. That's great. Exactly. We should totally use that. Great idea. <laughs> Great idea. Love yeah, that. Uh, I'm actually going to... Tra Travis, can we trademark that right now? Oh, yeah, shit. I'm on it. You guys, it's mine now. Thanks. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's probably... Come on, aliens. Abduct them and wipe their memory. <laughs> it's for sale for $3, though. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, a cheap man. Three, you know? three dollars you per use. So, right. you know, it's it's it, you're not going to sell you one-time license. It's an ongoing license. Beautiful. So. But well so uh, we like have a... We're going to rebrand under Trump and Biden. Yeah. Get the weakest looking, arm, like two little frog two arms. Two scrawny little arms, yeah. dude. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> One of them's just slightly more orange than the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like right out of a tanning bed. So we have a mutual uh, podcast friend with Black Ice. He's been on the show. Shout out to Black Ice. Uh, he had some crazy stories that people are still commenting on about his time in the military. And uh, he called me. At, so you guys were, were here Wednesday, I believe. Mm -hmm. yep. um, I had to leave early to take care of some personal stuff. And so we met briefly as I was leaving. Black Ice called me four times. I thought the studio was on fire. And he was like, so I finally, I called back. He's like, you got to have these guys on your show. I was like, you could have just texted me, dude. Like, mm. okay, I believe you. <laughs> and so uh, I believe you and I were texting each other and we got into going into this. And then you were telling me just a little bit about how 
your guys' perspective on the whole alien thing, because as we know, it's just been the hot talk. For people who weren't aware, we covered the entire House Oversight Committee UAP hearing on Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, there was some bombs dropped during the entire hearing. Can you give us like a synopsis? Yeah, so we had three gentlemen. Uh, I believe all of them were retired or former Navy pilots. One of them was a commander in the Navy. And we, not we, I was watching from the comfort of the other studio, but the House Oversight Committee was asking them questions such as, has anyone been murdered or injured in attempts to cover up these sightings? And the answer was yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, then another answer or another question. Uh, Black bagging, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. One, they were right off the rip like, yeah, people have been hurt. And you're like, yeah. I'm sorry, what? People have been like, okay, so there are cover-ups. So people are like, I'm afraid I'm going to die tonight. Well, <laughs> and he does. Uh, our, the, the owner of the studio, John, he was on the show uh, as well. He's the host of Action Junkies. He goes, I guarantee you we won't see that man in 72 hours. Right. And That's I was like, why. Yeah, somebody please check his brakes. Make sure that the lines are still connected. Mm. <laughs> he's not suicidal. He's like, Co- I have no intention of dying. Correct. <laughs> and he even said that like he's been in fear of his own life. But uh, another question was, are you uh, aware of the fact that the government, if they at all, are in possession of these crafts and these biologics, is what they called them? And he goes, yes. He goes, I can't tell you in this room. But in a skiff, which I found out is a secure like shipping container that they use for gathering information, it's like padded on the inside so nobody on the outside can hear. Uh, I believe there's no mics unless they provide one. Uh, he said in there I could tell you the exact location that all these are. Mm-hmm. I wonder why like he can't say it because obviously I he's breaking why they some have rules right now. Probably See, breaking he has rules. they they all so he's yeah, so he's a, a whistleblower. Yeah, excuse me. There's a current investigation on his behalf. <laughs> So he has an NDA, so there's some things he can't say publicly. Okay. Also, I'm under the aspect of, like, sure, we we deserve to know, but are we capable of handling that information? Which I think is a very serious question. Like, are we as a public capable of handling that information? You know, I think, like, there would be nothing more unifying than knowing there was UFOs or some other type of, you know, distant power. It's Ronald Reagan. I mean, it goes into, like, if there was going to be anything to unite the world and to, like, hey, let's revamp all our and our weapons defenses, let's come together and, like, you know, this, it would, just like in World War II, you know what I mean? The whole right, country yeah, comes a- together. It's very unifying. Um, I think it would be, a, and there's tons of money to be made off of it. So Hi, ex- Exhibit I, A. Hi, how are you? Yeah, uh, right? We are recently monetized on YouTube. Please support us. You can become a member. <laughs> Sorry, I had to give that plug now. That we're so I kind of wonder why they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah, well, so what, basically, what we gathered from from the hearing, and it was I want to say it was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. Uh, from the hearing is that there are they're still trying to like figure it out, and it sounds like almost like the U.S. may be trying to harness that to have an edge over, as if we already don't have an edge over other countries in military aspects. Like, but, how long is this going to take to find your edge, man? Correct. It's been like fucking eighty years. Excuse my language. <laughs> you, no, you're you're fine. You're fine here. Uh, yeah, so with that, but what happened was is now the, it's no longer just this cute little like, ah, UFOs. It's like, no, no, it's this not is... fantabulous. It's coming to the to the physical, and now people supposedly have supporting evidence for it, right? But we've all been Correct. soft no indoctrinated with Hollywood for like the last 30, 40 years. It's like, I think, I think people, people are, want it more than they don't. I think they already believe there's aliens. Like when Matt Walsh came out with his, uh, he did a little segment on it. Like I was scrolling through the comments, and all these people were like, yeah, aliens, and what's next? Like. 
They like, don't it's care. not even a big deal. Yeah, I feel I, like this was like news like 15 years ago. People well, are freaking out, like you know. But they're like, oh, you know. Yeah, I had aliens. A, what? Uh, what's I'm, for breakfast? But, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm putting out a bunch of of micro content from this on all the platforms, and people are commenting like, yeah, okay, I still can't afford to live, and I was like. There yeah, I, right. I get it. I understand yeah. that 100%. Another distraction. Right. Yeah, like, right. tell me something I don't know. <laughs> like, trust me, I'm mm-hmm. right there with you. But a lot of, like, it, it doesn't, it's not a cute little, like, subculture anymore. It's like, no, this is now in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Now there's, like, military implications. There's real world implications. There, But to be fair, for some of these people that have claimed to have been abducted or have been harassed by these entities, it's always been real for them. Mm-hmm. So it, right. It, so that's where our Christian sort of perspective starts to right take apart what we like. How do we react to aliens? Right. So I'd say there's a biblical because people are going to say, "What is an alien?" Right. This is a biological form that you can sort of communicate. They're sentient. They have like consciousness. They have an ontology to them that we can relate to. Right. Because you don't think alien, you don't think like a space bacteria, right? Usually when we think alien, we think like carbon brilliant life creature of some that's kind. probably superior to us. Most likely we, we're going to think that, right? Because they came right. to visit us first, right? And that's usually the determining factor of them being superior than us. We're not going and finding them. So from a Christian perspective, we have in the Bible angels and demons, right? And so from a basic concept you're going to say angels are the good guys demons are the bad guys but there are so many layers to this in the bible that describe the interaction of these cosmological beings how they relate with humans and why they have certain names to indicate the process that they carry out so i'll draw you just walk you through sort of our perspective okay so you're familiar with angels correct correct okay angels in the bible is just a messenger. It means messenger. So when you go to the Old Testament, it gives a better description of what they actually are. So Elohim is the Hebrew term for God, right? There's a big G and then there's a little g. In Psalms 82 and Psalms 89, you'll see God, big G, in his heavenly hosts, the angels, as when you use that term right now, small gods, right? And so they are not just messengers, they are heavenly hosts, and they are, you can imagine this cosmological space as having hierarchy, having governance, having agency and administration that works so that, I mean, we can't see it, but it's a world just like our, it's an unseen realm, right? And so the gods there are given jurisdiction here, right? So a cherub is meant to sort of govern a body of land. Right, and there's verses that tell us this. So, the fallen angels, right? The what we like to call demons in most churches, they will have jurisdiction over certain land masses. So you'll go and you'll say, well, why in the United States are demon possessions? You go into churches, people don't really like to talk about them. If you go to like a South American church or an African church where there's a lot more voodoo, there's a lot more open doors. You might say you're going to see manifestations of demons, right? You're going to see uh, demon possessions. You're going to see uh, manifestations of people like levitating, um, all kinds of things that are like supernatural, uh, trans- transcendent exp- expressions of these beings' existence. you got pure, hard evidence. And I like to present this to the people who are interested in like aliens because there is so much evidence for demon possession, what's actually going on in the world in some of these third-world countries, 
And you ask yourself, so in the Bible, if I know that there's these organizations, right? I have demons, I have angels, smaller gods, right? Like pagan gods. You can kind of see them as pagan gods. They're real gods. Like Moloch is a real fallen angel, right? And he gets the people to believe in him with his own tradition. He gets worship, right? Any of the other pagan gods, and you'll notice that depending on where they are, they have different traditions. So the Middle East has all kinds, the Asians, the South Americans, they're all different sorts, but they're all at the same game, right? Which is to get people distracted from God to worship uh, an idol, right? Which is a real entity. And they have real works. You read about Moses, right? When he goes to Egypt to meet with Pharaoh, Pharaoh his diviners, his sorcerers, you know, they're doing all the same thing Moses is. Like, they have, they have real power. So these people, obviously, by looking at them, it's going to be hard for them to discern what's what. Now, what we believe aliens are are distractions that, that demons would like to use to be able to persuade people to take their, their attention off of Christ, right? So why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that, right? Like, so if if the demons are out of, because the the uh, if you go to a South American country, you know, or something, they're gonna be like, yeah, demons exist, right? Like, I don't need to know about aliens. Like, that's fine. I know that they're here. In the United States, people are less inclined to believe in them, but they're more interested in believing in demons because or aliens. or aliens instead of demons because it's something more transcendent, something beyond. It's more progressive. It's more interesting for that reason. There's less evidence around us. So the demons, their job is if they're accomplishing their job, is to persuade people not to focus on Christ. That's their only job. So if they're not focused on Christ, they're focused on aliens or they're focused on some other thing. They're going to use whatever tool they can in order to 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 to, to keep the focus off of Christ. And so they do a great job. Like you were talking about cover-ups, right? Right. So like, there's a lot of people like in our space. I would encourage you as a resource to look up Michael Heiser. He's an extraordinarily well-educated man. He was in charge of Logo Software, which is a Bible study tool. He knows like four different languages, and he has intense interest in this unseen realm. And I think you'll really like it, because he can explain it way better than we can. But um, he talks about the cover-ups of like uh, uh, Ro- Ro- Roswell. Roswell, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what happened, what, this is his take on it, um, and it's kind of interesting. And it, it really is more uh, practical than it is like, fabulous, you know, and interesting, kind of fantastical. His take is that the people saw what they wanted to see, and so the government's kind of quiet. They hear the people say it was a flying saucer, there was a body found. They create their little narrative real quick. You know, people are good at that, especially when you go to small towns. There's always, like, some monster in the woods, right? The boogeyman a swamp monster, right. the goat man, they create, the humans naturally create this sort of, uh, it's our native tendency to have an oppressor out in the woods, right? Somebody you can't see, you can't anticipate. But something that's more than human. So Always it, more it, than so human. It has, it has a, to be. It has an ability that nobody can possess. Right, right? and it it can, therefore, it. can it be scapegoated on? Right. Right. it's not like you. Right. right. You can keep it out there. You can place the blame on them. Right. And so the ruling class, they love these stories. And they, they will, like, take th- some children out of the, the, a family, right? They're playing, and now they're gone. And now they're like, oh, yeah, it was, the, it was the goat man or the boogeyman. So now I can have the tool of fear to oppress my colony to keep them under. Because who's the savior? I'm the savior. Right. Right? So it works to my benefit. So the government hears this narrative from Roswell, and they're like, that's exactly what happened, right? It was a flying saucer. Um, But we can't tell you everything, right? So there's this mitigation of information that keeps the mystique there. 
that gives the scapegoat, as Joe said, more power. Because it's like, I can't tell you everything, right? So I have to give you a little piece. And they perpetually keep this in their back pocket for when they need to cover up something that they're doing that's more practical, right? Like, say, their Heiser's idea is that they were covering up the fact that they had active Nazis, like, that they didn't want to go to the Nuremberg trials because they knew they would get murdered and killed. Not murdered, but killed justifiably. Um, right, they'd be convicted or but they were showed so, fault. Right, they were so smart that they wanted to use their brains, so they get brought them to the United States. Paper They're on clip. payroll. Yeah, it's Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. Ever. Right, so they... But he also thought that the, the balloon was a Japanese um, bioweapon. It was coming over to bring over, like... Um, some kind of bioweapon like anthrax. Right. So like what like the whole conspiracy with the Chinese balloon last mm-hmm. year right. or earlier this year. And the United States what they were they were like okay, we can't let the Japanese know that they actually got a balloon over here. We can't let them know that they were successful in doing that. So let's do some type of a cover up over the story. So they had like all these loose ends and they didn't want them to know the Japanese had got this balloon over so they're like let's let's create a cover up for this. And um which kind of makes sense. In terms of like a rational way of thinking, well, that's let me, let me ask possibly because you, you were yeah. saying the Japanese, but Roswell happened after World War II. Yeah, so, so at they that had point, that time. What do they call time compression? So people okay. are, are yes. That was the again. You know this fantastic. It's it's very supernatural, right? So they're right. like these people are remembering something retroactively when they actually experienced it. You know, in the fifties, the early fifties, when this actually happened. In, 19, they're saying they remember it in 19 or 49 or 48. Yeah, it was like, I think it was late 40s. But right. so I have a lot of questions for you guys because this is a very interesting uh, way of going about it. So I'm not, I'm not really religious. I was religious when I was younger. Kind of found myself kind of not really in that whole space, but I can understand a lot of what you guys are saying. Um, so, for example, how do you, in in your opinion, and in, in how you guys view life, how do you kind of correlate the fact that a lot of UFO sightings in the U.S. started to populate after the atomic testing? I think it has to do with technology. You know, I think um, with the tech um, in the Old Testament, uh, like you to hear Joe Rogan talk about uh, you know, the pyramids, all these. Masterpieces of technology, Atlantis, Atlantis. Right, yeah. We have no pictures of UFOs sitting. Correct. Yeah, and I was going to say there is there is record on hieroglyphics and ancient writings of beings in the sky, elongated heads. And what does that cause us? That causes us. That's a there's a vacuum there which we want to answer. We're like, okay, we know that civilization at one point in time had incredible abilities that we don't even have now. Right, so now we have the atomic bomb. We have this vicious progress progression here in the in the twentieth century. Mutually assured destruction, right. almost mutually assured apocalypse, which is I ironically keeping the peace. So yeah. thus far, right, like it's, it's like the war. saying of an armed society is a polite society. But imagine because, yeah. the hubris, right, that we right. have now. But and we also seem to be getting closer to the answer of reconciling Atlantis and all of these incredible technologies we see evidence for. Right, so I think the increase because your question is why the increase in aliens right around that time around period. around that specific time period is because it's the again going to a practical place that's where most people would say and the aliens have come back we see more technology now we haven't seen it for you know five thousand years to whenever the mesopotamians and the sanskrits were last year so now, because we're seeing this burgeon of technology, somebody somewhere has to have a connect with these guys, 
because it's not like we just dreamed this up, right? right? So practically speaking, when we look back to these images and these civilizations, we assume they had some I think kind of guidance. Isn't it some of the theory on that? It's like, well, humans just figured out how to basically blow up their planet, so we better right. go and help them out and stop right. that. Right, so like the, the aliens are like this, almost like this mediator Who's scapegoat. Good, they though? could be good, right. they could be bad, we right. don't know. Maybe they're here because we have nuclear power right now. Right. And they're like, okay, they can blow themselves up, it's time to intervene on these bunch of apes going nuts, okay? So they don't blow themselves up, right? But it's just, we don't know whether they're good, whether they're bad, why have they made, why, if, if they really cared about the people themselves, and they're so smart, and they're coming from this other planet, you know, they have this technology, <clears throat> wouldn't they have a way to interface with the smarter people, like with the people, with the hearts of people? You would think that, like, because we all know our politicians aren't totally in favor right. of, our, of the people in today's world. Like, this is a... It's it's a it's a it's a comedy act, you know. So why wouldn't they interface directly with people? So you have the abductions, right? Well, I think that's a telltale the uh, character of the aliens. So who are they choosing to interact with? Clearly, the government has all the information. Right? And what are the abductions generally positive or not? Right? They're clearly right. not. Yeah, the, often times they're. I would say ninety nine percent of the time, yeah, they're it's not a dramatic they're, events. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, so like you're kind of so getting with a malevolent. I would be more inclined to believe that, right? Talking to the government, people who get abducted say it sucked. They're not coming back like say, hey, Mike, I got abducted. You should come back. You want to go? You got a pair of Siberian nuts. Hey, hey, they gave gave me a crazy cocktail up there. You got to go. Yeah, not not usually. It's like a way to get my dick to grow two inches. They're reptilians, (laughs) you know, and these guys are, are generally like they're in cahoots with the people in power, keeping us, you know, under oppression. You know, they have like this reptilian, they, that's what you usually hear of, right? Am I wrong? Oftentimes, yeah. I mean, so I've... The greys. Because the... aliens are messiah or they're what, you know? Devil. They're, they're apocalypse. Right. Well, for humanity. Right, yeah. The way that I've, I've heard it most times and the way that I kind of lean with the whole situation is that they are monitoring us, basically just being like, yeah, we give them like 20 years, they're going to be gone. <laughs> 20 you know maybe 20 light years or something but like they're keeping right. they're keeping an eye on us they're just like okay obviously they can't even work out peace among their world why should we allow them to be in like an intergalactic council or even aware or like fully aware of the fact that we exist and that they're not alone in the universe that's right. assuming they're peace oriented and not just wanting our planet for its resources correct us, that right? is a very good Bunch point of meat sacks how that to growing. serve they man i read that later. i read that yes. did you ever read that book i did not know short story uh, we read it in like eighth grade, and it's called How to Serve Man. So okay. these aliens come, you know, and they're like, here's a better way to feed yourself. You're just going to maximize farming, give you all the efficiency that you could dream of. World peace, because we some, don't want any of y'all right, to die. Right. So all of these good things. I, I think I know where this right, is going. Yeah. Okay, right. How to so serve, now we, what they've done <laughs> effectively time. is tilled the soil, fertilized the, the, the soil, <laughs> given all of the seed, and we are the seed. So now we have the most people, the fattest people, the ones that so are So we best. were free range. We were the free range yeah. at the supermarket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so a big, big alien came in and, you know. Yeah, that's think, a, yeah, that's interesting because like the, to be fair, in all honesty, that one hundred percent could be right. It's a Trojan horse, right? It could be a we're here for peace, and then wait, right. where did half the population go? So that's but, why I say like when you see like even within human history, when there's like an initiative that's based off of like a really pure place, like even like look at Gandhi, Martin Luther King, it's usually a grassroots movement, you know, and then you have a little bit of top down occur every once in a while. So I, I have my questions on that as well as here, here I want to go to another real uh, another direction here with the abductions. 
Um, I follow a couple guys. Now, Steve, Michael Heiser talked about this. Another fellow had talked about this. And um, they would they would either read Scripture, they'd have like a hymn, or they, they'd say, they'd call out the name of Jesus. And then the... Because a lot of guys that get abducted, apparently it's like they get they continually get abducted. It's like someone right. who will be abducted, they'll be abducted again, and then it'll happen again. Or even the family of people will be abducted. It'll be like a father, and there'll be siblings and like related like the abductions will be related in the family. So it's almost like they're picking on a group of people, you know, and a guy repeatedly. So he'll call on the name of Jesus, and then the, the abduction will stop mid while it's happening, and then it will, it will cease. It will cease. And then also for the families, if you think about Christ, um, the way us Christians think about it, is we are, we are like the umbrella over our family like the man is, right? We're in submission to Christ, we have this protector status, we, and we, we cover our family. So if that's not covered, then it gives like all this access to, to the rest and of you, our... And you're implying that an abduction is more of a demonic, demonic oppression. influence, yeah. oppression, right. something right. like that. Because it's not positive. Like Obviously, these people are living in fear. Yeah. Like They're traumatized. It's not giving them like a higher level of, of existence. You know, They're not learning anything here. It's, it's traumatizing them. It's a malevolent interaction. And to... Uh, to sort of dovetail off of what Joe's describing with these these abductions and uh, what ends up happening to these people is uh, you have these demons, right? And so we're 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 postulating that the demons. Our proposition is that the the demons are masquerading as anything that can inspire fear, right? So say for instance you have a Christian man, right? He doesn't know if he believes in aliens or not. So he's going to take something at face value. He's going to say, "Oh, these are aliens." I'm not going to call out in the name of Jesus, you know, uh, he's going, the, the demons now have access to his life, right? And that's the way deception works. So they're going to come in any way they can to get your, to get your attention off of Christ and to, to administer fear. So when you look at those abductions, it's exactly what happens, right? Um, the families, and for, for Christians, we have to understand our protective network, right? Because we believe that while we're in this physical domain, there's a metaphysical battle going on. And the more vital part of us is our metaphysical existence. That's the eternal part of us. Like these bodies, they stick around for a while, but that's not, I'm not essentially my body. I'm more essentially my, my spirit, right? So being able to have knowledge about how to protect yourself from spiritual uh, contracts, and this is kind of where I wanted to go to next, was was what other doors open the spiritual contracts, these implicit contracts and gestures, kind of like that Ouija board down there, that allow... This one right here? Right. right. That I bought from Amazon that's right. definitely not haunted. <laughs> right, so, and these uh, ways to protect yourself, so you know, again, these things look like games, just like this, right? right. They're, they're made to not look like this can kill you, this can oppress your life, right? So... Many times these families, right, like Joe was saying, the head of the household, right? He, he might be a Christian man, he might not be. But even if he is a Christian man, he's getting oppressed. We have to find out why. What, what spiritual contract did he sign that allows the door to be opened and his house to be unprotected? Well, so that, the, so that we should go back on that video we were watching. The guy kind of described three different ways. He was interviewing tons of people that were abducted, right? Mm-hmm. And he was describing kind of the three different things he found in like mm -hmm. these people. And what was the first one is these people were looking for it, like they were like to asking make, to be abducted. Yeah, basically asking to be abducted. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second one, they were opening doors. Was it basically through other means? 
Yeah, well, that's that's the question: is how do new age doors, shamanism, right? tarot cards, Ouija boards, yep, um, involving yourself with those implicit contracts. So you're not signing your name on a dotted line. You're saying I'm opening myself to this. Right? It's kind of like isn't but it's, it's like a spiritual signing, correct? It's yeah. an implicit gesture. It's just like when I, if I go, if a girl walks street, up to you, smiles at you, winks at you, you know what the hell is happening. Right. No, no, I don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it's that implicit. one out. It's implicit. She's not saying I like you. Right. She's not saying I like you, but you you could pick you up understand. On the implicit means yeah. It's not explicit. I'm not saying your name is so and so. I like you very much now. Will right. you come with me to the bathroom? But no, you're, saying you're saying because that. I am yeah. indulging in this, I am saying I perhaps am more likely than not to be right. Right. It's implied. open to this. Yes, you're saying okay. I'm implying but that I'm open. Isn't, isn't that the story with Dracula? Don't you have to invite him in? Yes. But I, that's like most vampires. You have to invite yeah. them in. There's a there's a ritual, right. right? And so these rituals can be small. Like we were joking, like you could be abducted for a nanosecond. You're still abducted, right? Like right. These, these, it doesn't, it's still an abduction, right? So the, the gestures by which we implicitly sign are they can be they can be very small. So it's our job to go look at them, find out what they are, and to point out when you've engaged what the Bible calls divination. Right? There's laws against it in the Bible. It says you shun, there's no sorcery, there's no necromancing. Right? Why would there be a law if this stuff was just not possible? It's completely possible, and people can get power from it. And the pagan idols, the idols that we have, right? Or lesser that are gods. Still here, lesser, lesser gods. gods they will give people information, supernatural information. I've known tons of people who have used Ouija boards, boards as children and young kids, like, you know, 12, 13, 14, right. and had supernatural experiences with them. And then down the road, they start to get more demonic, fear-based oppression, right? Because it always starts with uh, something like an offering, right? So the demons don't want to come off as scary to begin with. They want to come off as sort of like, I can benefit you. You can use me. It's more of the. It's he's more appealing to the hubris of man. Like you can use me to get answers to make your life better, right? Whereas we as Christians are like we just want to worship the true God. This is not humanism. I'm not trying to make my life better. I don't care how bad it gets. I just want to worship the truth. Period. So after they do that, then they start to say, "I have a stronghold in your life. You let me in with the Ouija board, with the tarot cards, with something where you gave up your sovereignty to an inanimate structure." which is like what a Ouija board that's connected to a metaphysical contract or a tarot card reading or whatever. And now I have dominion in that area of your life. So I can now wreak havoc down the road because the demon just wants you to kill yourself. He wants your life to get worse and worse and worse. Right. I mean, his success... And to give you a little background on like why a lot of people don't understand, like, okay, here's Satan and his demons, and why, why would they want so many people? Like, they already hate God. Okay, we get that. Can they be redeemed? Like there, you hear about a judgment day. Okay, mm. so there's a judgment day for man, right? We have this option to be to to accept the truth or to deny the truth. Is do they have that option? They do not have that option. They're pretty much going down into hell no matter what. So they, their best game right now is to spite God, and God wants a big family. He wants as many people as he can. They're the most precious thing to God is people. It's it's humans. They're the most precious thing he has. That's why he created us in his image. He's like these are these are my my people, my family. So the devil's like, let's attack his family. Let's bring as many of these people down with us as possible so we can spite him because we're not coming we're not going to heaven, right? So we already know where we're going. Going back to what you were saying about how you're the protector of your household. Right. Is that kind of the same thing? Maybe these demonic possessions are happening to your family. And that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's absolutely the way it goes. And then, for the general, you watch the Patriot, he's telling his kids He's like, shoot the guy with the golden plate. 
yeah. around his around his neck because that's that guy's in charge. You know, he's a commander. Smash the head of the snake, right? But at the same time, he can also work bottom up. You know, like right, which is what which I was is what you're saying exactly, and that, that that's very common. Well, that's how they get to the commander, right? Well, this right, is a, you take away indirect. all of his assets, exactly. Yep. In the way. Christian faith in today's world, like John was bringing up, uh, you know, third world countries, and this is also, I think, very common with UFO conversations. You bring up demons, you bring up angels, you know, it, it, it you bring up aliens, and people are like, whoa, like. You must be Tone a little bit, you, you're a little bit nuts, you know what I mean? Settle down. <laughs> Until you've had those metaphysical experiences, you know, or if or if you look into history a little bit, and you, or even if you look down to even what a lot of the superiors here, look at the top, see what the guys at the top here are doing, you look at like... Um, Skull and Bones. Or any of these... So, yeah, exactly. Grove, they're exactly. all engaging the pagan, and they're your leaders, bro. You have to ask yourself, why are these very smart, high-ranking officials engaging in pagan activities, worshiping gods that are thousands of years old? There's a reason for that. They're not stupid, okay? Yeah. They're definitely not stupid. Because these beings have been around forever. If you want to learn how to condition and control people through fear, you're going to talk to a demon, bro. That's, what? What the, that's going to be your best resource of information to inflict that on. But going back to uh, these uh, alien abductions... And uh, the what they found, like some of these thought leaders in your domain, um, they had this evidence come to them where where the people who were being oppressed by these uh, aliens, they said, well, I said, called out to Jesus, and they went away. And it was so consistent in the evidence that they had. This goes back to the cover-up thing, which is like a human condition thing, right? So I'm so bound by this. I'm, I'm bound my DNA, my, my whole life. This is my life work. You know, um, I can't subject my, I can't, I can't self-oppress by giving this information up because it's going to conflict. Now I have a, because the alien, right? Because this is the thing about aliens that makes it so attractive for like the scientific materialists, who uh, they're advocates of like panspermia, is we can keep it in the material realm. We don't have to go to the metaphysical. I can say they're aliens. They're, these are still tangible things. I don't have to admit an unseen realm. And it's easier for the scientists and the atheists and the agnostic to say that, that, okay, you know, you can prove this with science. It's a scientific, materialist, rational explanation for these occurrences, right? That is the dead-end street that they want them to be at. The demons want them to settle on that because then there's no metaphysical explanation for what's going on, right? So they are inclined to cover it up because then they have to admit that these people, if they care about the people that are getting abducted, they really have a pathos for these people in their community. They want it to end. If it was on me, I'd be like, of course, I'm going to tell this to everybody. If it works, you know, if it takes if it takes this to get you to stop going through these horrible abductions, I'll tell you what it is. But that that in the, the hubris and the need to, to self-protect kept that information from being shared. And so this guy, he was a really high rank, not high rank, I don't know, because it's not like a, they're not like a, priesthood but it is kind of religious if you really just like science you know these alien people are kind of religious just like the scientific materialists are kind of there's a form of worship and reverence that humans need to apply to so they're going to apply it to aliens well yeah they're going to apply it to aliens they're going to apply it to science and they're going to put their faith in it too so he was able to find christ actually through this but he was in it for like four like most of his life and so he's made it his his goal to try and to to even the the, the distribution of information and say because he cares for these people. That's what really kind of turned the tide from is he cared for them. He's like, okay, now you're not getting abducted. Like, like I love you enough to know that that's a good thing, <laughs> you know. And I right. I hope that your kids aren't going to have it too, you know. So um, that cover up thing that we blame the government for for the aliens in the alien community, that same stuff exists. So. 
going back to when you were talking about control tactics, because you can there doesn't just have to be fear. There's many ways you can control people. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, do you think that the three people that we watched on the stand on Wednesday, do you think that they may be, I don't know if it's the right word, but puppets in a control sense of let's put information out there. Yeah. And say it's classified and then it creates distraction, diversion. Well, you know, that. we're closer to nuclear war from a lot of people. These are these are smart people than we've ever been before. Like even in the Red Scare. Like with what's going on in Russia, what's going on in Ukraine and just the instability in the US right now. Like, I mean, it is just there's so much cognitive dissonance and there's so many narr- like crazy narratives and echo chambers and these isolated pockets of people that are like there's the like the the legacy media has lost a lot of its control like it's scrambling to like have a bit more of the control so it can control the narrative of all these little echo chambers so they're probably thinking like how can we get people's attention back you know uh to to a, to more of like a singular source because everyone's so dispersed right now so they're thinking like what do we have in our you know barney bag of options to kind of get people's attention again because sh- shit's getting real like we do need to have control here it was working to our advantage before when we wanted to you know divide and conquer so to speak which is which is definitely what's going on with the left and the right and the just that you can put the interchange them we got a bunch of greed going on basically we have sinful men in control where we used to have men that feared god that were not manipulatable by well as much as they are now by yeah, the even world. Even the atheists and by at one evil. point, like people, we like to teach this to our guys in the in the group because like America's the land of the free, right? And you're like, well, why? What is freedom? Well, freedom is not do anything you want. Freedom is a strict set of rules that maxim, that make maximum growth for the people without destroying the, the core reason of what makes humans good, right? Which is our moral and ethical code. So you can't progress like super fast. You have, there's a certain pace and the rules are what inform that pace so that humanity can be good, right? And that, from the United States' point of view, why are we that beacon of light to the world, or we were that beacon of light to the world? It's because it's been rooted and grounded in a Christian framework as far as morals and codes of ethics, like our British, right. where we got British common law from. That's from the church fathers of the Catholic Church. You go back into the pagan societies, and it was always guilty until proven innocent, not innocent until proven guilty. These are paradigm shifts that we take for granted, but they were so freaking huge, right? And so even when the guys like um, Eisenhower, you know, these guys who are witnessing the whole world shift from, you know, the the 19th century technology into this, they're like talking about a industrial war machine. They're starting to see that the, the grounding in the Christian moral ethics, even if you're agnostic, even if you're atheist, the forefathers of our countries were deists. They still had a respect for understanding that the, the governance of a country is dependent on the best representation of moral and ethical codes that have an understanding for people that we won't mess with that. And like Joe was saying now, the world is so confounded in its confusion and chaos for what is good and what is evil. And the Bible talks about calling what's good evil is like the, the epitome of chaos, right? And, and we're, we're close to now. it. We're <laughs> very close to it now. So like the doomsday clock, they call it, I think it's how many minutes till midnight. Yeah, we're like 
two minutes sucks. away. Yeah, it was <laughs> seconds, and now we like went yeah. back minutes, but it like well, jumped really quick, like over the last like two years. It was like yeah. went from fifteen minutes, I forget to what it is, and I was saying Ukraine and Russia, but then you also have like AI coming out, right? Which is like there's plus, a lot of people saying this is a distraction tactic, right. like you know trying to pull us away from something else that's going on behind the scenes. I I think to like to play devil's advocate, I don't think from the Christian perspective that aliens couldn't exist like that doesn't no. falsify our faith either yes no, so uh, from our perspective i would say like we think the best explanation is what john and what we're saying here based but based uh, on all the on all of the especially with the evidence abduction and, stuff. and what you guys have, yeah, have learned like the especially of the abduction stuff i think makes right. more sense on the demonic side of things i think it like I'm like I think a lot of Christians might say like all oh, this messes up our faith and they're mm-hmm. gonna definitely like hold on tightly to it being demonic and I think that's not necessary I think we can go where the ex- the best uh, evidence shows us and if these guys actually show us stuff that are talking then they all we're we're open for these conversations because the Bible doesn't explicitly say we're the only life form in fact no. it says quite the opposite like John was saying there's there's a whole administration of metaphysical life forms different different tiers. You know, within the way and the power that that they hold, much like we we are, you know, very much a, a representation metaphysically, and nowhere in the Bible is like we're the only creation, that physical representation of a creation in the universe. So if there was to be aliens, then that could that could absolutely possibly be. And, but the, and I don't the, think the it would affect to, our faith and our salvation. No, here's how it would no. though, because it's incumbent upon us as believers to test fruit. Right, we're asked to test spirits, um, and it says that Satan will masquerade as a angel of light. And so we have this uh, idea in the Bible, and it, it's called Antichrist. And what the Antichrist does is he's not overtly malevolent, like demon with the horns. And the, you know, What he does is he looks almost like Christ, so much so that it takes a discerning spirit to, to figure out if it is or not. So if but an that's alien, what he wants. He wants you to be It's a fugazi. Right? Yeah, right. So like, like yeah. two, two, two spoonfuls of shit and 50 gallons of cake batter is still a shitty batter. So half I don't know, truth. Travis. You t- willing to take those odds? <laughs> oh yeah, cake batter, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, yeah. what did you say? Fifty pounds or fifty scoops of, of a, cake batter? Two right. scoops of shit. <laughs> two scoops of shit. Well, you guys are some you rocks. You guys, okay? Yeah, no, no, no. Hey, the heat <laughs> does things to you out here, okay? But the point is, we we have to uh, we have to test the spirits. Just like we have to test the people. We have to test our pastors. We Why have not? to test our thought leaders. So if the if the if the aliens come down, right, and they confess Christ. Right or they confess they're not claiming to be Messiah. They're not claiming to be Antichrist. Right? Then we're like, okay, you're our brothers and sisters. I, I don't care whether or not you're from this planet. If you, if you confess Christ, and I know that you have an agenda that's benevolent to us by virtue of what I know, then uh, then we have no problems. And on this angel of light notion too, I think like what we're talking about these different demo- demonic influences in different cultures. I think one probably like. You, you said something like the like demons ultimately want the, the person to kill themselves. That's right. I think kind of the other potential side of that is, especially these guys that are making contracts, like these these elite people that like demonic influence might actually be giving people wealth because it keeps people from God. Like there's a verse in the Bible that basically says the wealthy man finding Jesus is like going through the with a camel going through the eye of a needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it. it a lot of what we're seeing in the West is people become so comfortable in their life that they completely forget or don't feel like they need God, so they don't even consider it. So yeah. I think there's different influences happening. Well, people hear suicide and murder, and they think of some abrupt, traumatic shock under the head hanging from a noose, but the demons are more content for a slow bleed. 
mm-hmm. you know, like a slow, slow suicide where it's into oblivion. Well, and you can see that. Like, look at, like, I feel like wealth, if you just look at Western culture, it is a slow suicide for people. It is. It oh, yeah, from even diets or, you know, life choices that slowly add up to, you know, you, you being in a, in, in a death state. Like the richest know. time in history, we have like the most mental health problems in history. It's like we do, we do. Even like then, they're most prevalent in metropolises. You know, that's where you have the highest Hi, rate of schizophrenic, right, right. <laughs> right? Schizophrenia. Yeah. I, I dealt anxiety, with that myself depression. with a dead end job, and then I started working here. Um, I was able to get off like antidepressants and anti anxiety wow. meds. Were you on SSRIs? Yeah, I was on I was on Lexapro, twenty milligrams. Dude, a day. I got so much wow. respect for you. That is not easy yes. from what I hear. No, that it was it wasn't. But you know what made it easy was. Travis and this environment and Shout out the Travis. Ability. community, family, friends. Yeah, I mean, well, like so, That's George, who I was telling you guys about, I've known George since sixth grade. That's like awesome. we went to middle That's school together, rad. we wrestled in high school together. Yeah, um, and then also like so, like for me, like spirituality, in the sense of like religion, just isn't my thing. But I can understand like there is there's there's got to be something more than just us four dudes, five dudes, uh, sitting in this room. Absolutely, there's got to be, and it necessarily, in my opinion, doesn't have to be religion but there's something like we're mm-hmm. we're connected more than just a it's conversation palpable, man you go to a rock show you know or even right. you go to any place it's called the mob you know it's just a type of like power within numbers like a massive gnosis or some type of like communion that happens when people like get connected. together yeah, physically, physically, physically not just on this phone. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the same, but when you get, like, physically in front of, like, with another person, there's something that happens. There's a connect. There's a power there. Well, and that's yeah. what we're missing yeah. today, and that's our whole message to men from our, like, podcast standpoint is, like, so many, like, I think this wealth and the social media has d- disconnected us more than ever. So there, yeah. a lot of men, especially today, are just walking around kind of through life alone. They have maybe very shallow friendships if they do. They're mainly like, you know, online, maybe gaming friends. And they yeah. just don't have like community of brotherhood of close friends. Yeah, those thoughts and that they're having in the back of their head, those unconscious ones, they can't even voice them out to themselves, much less a bro. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be able to like, talk about that How are you supposed to reach stuff. catharsis that way? You're supposed right. to be able to talk to someone about that to figure it out. So you, know, you guys even start to figure yeah. out what the hell is going on You guys might agree with me brain. on this. So I, like I wrestled in high school. I became overweight. I mean, I'm still overweight, but I'm working on it now. Good. Uh, I started doing jujitsu classes and that's like, sometimes that's the community you need because yes. one, you get, oh, yeah. you get, oh, yeah. you get humbled in yep. the best way. Yep. Like yep. I have a, Preach it, brother. I have a friend who uh, is a friend of the studio. He has a podcast. He's a sports podcast. He works at another studio, but I roll with him and like, I don't know. It's it's almost like a guy's being dudesing because I'll talk mm-hmm. shit to him even mm-hmm. though I know he's gonna mm-hmm. beat me nine times mm-hmm. out of ten. Yeah. It's great. And he's like he's like I'm gonna choke him. Like the worst that's gonna happen is I'm gonna tap. But yeah. that kind of what you were saying like there, there's no like well men have a natural need to vet each other and be validated by each other. Right. So we razz each other to see if we can handle we it. Rough right. house, we roughhouse. Right? We wrestle. So we... if I if I pick on you right in a nice jovial way, not a way to just degrade yeah, you. Yeah, right? not just in no. a no, no, in, a, in no. an asshole. It can become way. caustic, right? Yeah. But I'm doing it so that you can practice being able to laugh at yourself or be able sparring. to engage that <laughs> sparring. It's sort of like a. It's like I care about you enough to where we can work on the awkward. Men are really right. good at that. They actually they there's a humor that comes out of that camaraderie that comes out of that. Yeah. The Bible says that we're a body, right? So when you isolate a cell, it's no longer part of its body. Its native instinct says, I'm going to die because I'm, I've been removed. I've that's been right. isolated, right? And that's what causes a lot of that mental anxiety, that, that spiritual... It's, made, it's a metaphysical manifestation in the physical of being disconnected. And there's no way to 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 remedy that other than by connecting with your brothers and sisters. Yeah, we've now, been I doing it for thousands point, of years. I want to touch on a point because I saw you... I heard you use the word religion. Right. Now, 
if you want to be, and this is something that we've come to learn because we came out of a Protestant church, and when you go to church and you hear people talking secularly, they'll be like, these are religions, there's Buddhism, and that's not even a religion, but they'll call it a religion, Christianity, right. religion, it's a religion, philosophy. religion, it's a philosophy. But what we want to tell people is that Christianity is the end of religions, okay? Now, I'll unpack that for you, just so you can kind of get an understanding of why that is the case. Back in the pagan days, you had religion, okay? You, you did not have a choice. If you, if you think back into the pagan god days, it wasn't your god is false. It was my god is stronger than your god, okay? They did not call out false gods. It was just a, there was no binary good and evil. It was might makes right. You can think about that. So in pagan societies, the gods, if you think about Zeus, Odin, whatever, they weren't benevolent, right? They just had a lot of power. They could do evil. They could do good. You had to petition them, sort of bribe them to get them on your side. Sacrifices. Sacrifices, there you go. right? Very mm -hmm. good. Right? Scapegoating. Which right. is what the sacrifice is. I did something bad, or I want something. Or we have no rain. We right. need to fertility. sacrifice. Fertility. Right. Fertility of the land. Fertility in the war. Process, fertility. Right. Yes. And humans are bound by this, right? You will not find a culture that did not have that. until So Christianity, from Judaism, comes on the scene. What do you have? You have Jesus Christ, the incarnation of God, offering himself as the lamb, as a sacrifice. So now we don't have to do that. So that's the end of religion, that scapegoating, that sacrifice, the goat, the pigeon, the, the, the God is, we're trying to buy and bargain for God's uh, love for our, to benefit from it. We don't even care if he you loves You say goats us. and pigeons, but like the Canaanites were, were children, were, were children right. virgins, the best looking. But I'm, like I'm we hearing a up, thing here where yeah. you're like, you're saying you're bribing. Like, yes. I have people who are close to me, I don't want to say who but specifically, that is but like their parents weren't present, so they would buy their love. Mm -hmm. They yeah. would buy their... And, and now see, they don't have a good relationship because it was never built on... That's yes, a good correlation. That's great. I want to build on that because yeah. this is exactly how the pagan structure has infiltrated the Western church. So Christians will go put their money in the basket. Or right. they'll, they'll have these same exact pagan instincts that they have to buy God's, you know, sort of, you're okay, you did your part. Yeah, it wasn't right. even the what it was back in the Catholic Church with purgatory exactly. and like having to buy your way out of it. Indulgences, which yep. are huge, right? So the the church is not perfect, okay? And the church is going to fall prey to religion because people are instinctively religious. They want to own God. They want God to be Santa Claus in the sky. They want to be in control. They want to be in control. Our instinct is to self worship. The any sin you have is idolization of something, which in in the purest form is putting something before God, okay? Even if that's your idea of who God is, so that's where it gets. That's where religion ends. And I think if you if you look at Jesus's story, the whole time he's fighting against religious leaders, mm. basically calling them out like on all the things that they're doing wrong. They're boxing like the Jewish religion got completely like out of control with how these Jewish leaders were. Ba they pretty much looked at the the rules and the law they made as what is their their saving salvation, and realized that God just wants. Jesus is basically saying God just wants a relationship with you. Right. You can't earn your way to him. You can't earn, you can't Jesus solve this you. problem yourself. And so that's what Christianity is. It's the relationship with yeah, God, not the end, the idolization. Which is the end of religion. And right. that's why right. you like, no longer have to do this, this, and this and this to get the relationship every day. You do it once, but you act it out every minute of every day, right? So it's no longer religious in the way that you're just detached from God. God now is benevolent. We know the character of God. He is good. 
you're not going to bribe. You're not this this the ordination of 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 religion in itself is an action has been it's obsolete. So now in this day and age we have false gods that never used to be a thing. Now you can right. choose if you believe in a false god or a real god. So this 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 progression between pagan and the Christian this is why your timeline goes B- A D B C. Right. It's a very uh, uh, paradigm huge paradigm shift for good and evil. And, and benevolence and how that works out in our own lives. But to give you a good example of how Christ, it, to, to talk about what Mike said, when, when Christ was here doing his work, his main opposition was people wanting him to be religious, wanting him to be a political figure. The Jews, why they didn't see him as Messiah and they rejected him? Because they thought he was going to be their, their little king to go overthrow the Romans. That's, they wanted him to win. But he a, wasn't about that. He's not Achilles. He's not Hercules. He's right. not one of those gods. He's not one of these super masculine gods. He's a like god. Like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those gods are what they wanted him to be because they had that pagan instinct, which and that's what Jesus admonishes them constantly. He's like, you worship the law. You put the, the law before me. God, he quotes Hosea 6.6. 6. He says, God does not want sacrifice. He wants relationship and knowledge of him. Because if I just sacrifice and I'm doing all the right things, it's just for me. And you're feeling like you're checking a box. Right. Yeah, I think a great way I always view, like, it's annoying when Christianity is called a religion because I view it as it's a relationship, not a religion. You're not here. Religions are checking boxes. And, you know, did you put your money in the basket this week? Did you do this and that to, you know, fulfill or make God happy? See, but I have grandparents who are Christian. And a lot of Christians they, think but then that they way. do that. Yep, They exactly. do that at church. Actually, you guys were just... Right by their church oh, this really? morning. Yeah, they, they live out there. But uh, and that's that's human nature always getting right. its wit, get pulling itself back into that religious mindset because that's not what God ultimately wants. He wants a relationship. You can't like most religions out there. You are having to basically earn your way to God. It's like Islam. You kind of you're never gonna know. It's kind of arbitrary on if Allah approves of you or not. If you like did enough good to outweigh the bad you did, and uh, Christianity just says like you can't. Do yeah. enough good, but, but there's nothing. Jesus solved this, right? And there's nothing. Well, some people get contrived. They're like, oh, it's so hypocritical. Here you go. You're living a shit show of a life, and you just ask Christ to be your savior, and it's like you're mm. all good. Mm. You know, I, I have heard this many times from people. Like, I just pray before I do that, ask for forgiveness. And it's like this Catholic idea of like, ask for confession, you're good. There's not really like a repentant heart. It's not like I did something wrong and I'm going into confession. I really don't want this to be a part of my life. And actively working and seeking truth. Because what what follows this relationship with God is that there's a battle going on. And there's a battle between good and there's a battle between outright evil and chaos. Right? That's that's the duality that you'll see everywhere. It's indicative even within the brain. It's, it's sovereignty, two. autonomy. You have Without two those eyeballs, two things. You have, you have two sides of the brain. You have two hands. There's two positive and a negative on electron. Like, everything sits in a balance, right? So if you are fighting a battle and you're in a relationship with your commander, there are things that you're going to do. And in the Bible, we relate that to the body of Christ. Like, not everyone does the same thing. The hand doesn't do the same thing as the eyeball. Everything is, is different, and we give respect to that because we want a strong body. It's just like in the, in the military. You have your commander, and you have your infantrymen. Without either one of those, you don't have an army, right? And that's why Christ says, like, the greatest among you will be the least among, the least, the least among mine will be the greatest in heaven, right? He's trying to show, like, what is of value. Because once you start this relationship with Christ, you're like, 
wait a second, my whole world paradigm doesn't work anymore. I can't. I'm not a man of this world. I'm 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 a I'm a man of Christ. So your value structure, like your hierarchy, like what is hierarchy? It's importance, power, influence. Uh, what does that mean now? I have to switch and invert that, right? I have to become a servant to my brothers and sisters. This is going to cause me to self-persecute my desire to overcome them. And you, like the neo-Darwinist model of, which is Nietzsche's idea of the Uberman, you know, it's like that's what you should do. But we're emulating Christ in the way that He said, "This is the true power structure that you that to give is to receive." You know, and and here's where you're going to be fulfilled. Because the truth is, we see this with all the rock stars and famous people that commit suicide. It's never enough. It's never enough. You, the happiest people are the people who have great communities that love their children, that put their children first, you know, that really value what's going into their brains. They have deep bonds with their families, and they eat good food, and they have, like you were saying, what we miss in these metropolis, these urban environments. You know, they're connected, and those people are happy. You go up to them and you say, hey, what do you want? Do you want a bigger house? No, my house is cool. You want a new house or a new car? No, I'm happy the way it is. You know, their identity is 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 aligned with Christ's value. The metaphysical, the more vital part of them is fulfilled. Yeah, it encourages part. you to live a different life. Like you're not just like, thank you, and I'm going to heaven, and I'll just keep being hedonistic. Like that's not the way it really works. So, um, I wanted to say like I appreciate people that look that, that think about the metaphysical, whether that's aliens or demons or whatever. Because you're appreciating like a big part of our existence, like I brought up, like John brought up, like you know our politicians and um, they they with skull and bones, skull and, and bones, uh, the Bohemian Grove, Sticky Paws Studios, yeah, can't yeah. forget about that one. Yeah. That's, a, that's yeah, a, worshiping that's a thing. the owl in the back. <laughs> but you know, oh, you guys just, saw that? I didn't know you guys saw that. <laughs> right. So I mean, it's just a, it's just a part. Like even if you dive into history, it's just like. This is something that you have to pay attention to. It might not be culturally, you know, you're not going to get a date talking about that stuff, <laughs> but it is important. Gentlemen, uh, we could have done a show for like four hours. Like We didn't even <laughs> get into uh, the Nephilim. Or yeah. No. Oh, I wanted yeah. to get into that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to bring Juicy. you guys back. We'll have to fly you guys back out here. <laughs> uh, we'll have to hit I you know, on you more shows. Just abduct us, bro. Yeah, just, I'll just abduct you. <laughs> Travis actually owns a spaceship in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's it's, it's, uh, line, right? what, what year is your Forerunner? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's in the future. It's actually from back in time. <laughs> you know? Nice. Uh, so I asked this question. Since there's three of you, I'm going to have to limit you guys 30 seconds each. I asked this of Every guest on the show um, might be a little bit of a different answer for you guys, but real quick, we'll go one by one. Have you ever had an experience with the paranormal, whether it be an entity, a, I don't want to say a demonic possession, um, yeah. but like, you know, like I've had an experience where yeah. my window was shaking, oh, there's yeah. nobody outside, there's nobody else in the house. And mm -hmm. I, was like, hmm. I had something very similar to that. I was driving the family back from Miami and it's like, like a, it was like a five hour drive. They were, they were South. We live in Sarasota. So I was driving up and um, got into bed and like I, it just didn't even feel like I went to bed. So I was thinking about sleep paralysis, but I was exhausted, so I might not. But anyways, felt like I was getting dragged off of the bed. Things were falling off in the room, and well, I felt freaked out at first. And I was like, John, we slept in bunk beds. So I was like, John, get down here, dude. I feel like this is. I just feel like awful. We need like, a group. Like, bro, let's go back to womb status here. All right, let's get powers combined. <laughs> so like, um, like we're sitting there, like hold up, and then I feel like I'm getting dragged out the bed. Stuff starts, lights start flashing. The windows. We had these jealousies, which are like we're in this old ass house in Florida. They're like a bunch of these little slatted windows, and they started like vibrating like crazy. And it was just loud. Like someone took a piece of sheet metal and was like, and I was like, okay, this is just. 
I started calling out the name of Jesus immediately, and it took like a, a, a minute before things started to tone down. But I was like asking my brother, I was like, "Did you feel like I was flying off this bed? Because I was flying off this bed. You know, like what happened here?" You guys weren't smoking, right? No, no. I was totally. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I've taken a lot of psychedelics. Yeah, we, <laughs> I've had some out of body experiences, but yeah. not at this instance. This is totally sober. Bro. That's yeah, crazy. We've done DMT at all of them, dude. So, are you? Is yeah. your story the same as his, or have you had a separate? Um, I had a. I'll, I've had a few. You know, I've had some like that. I've, Give me your best had, one. Give me your I, best I'll one. tell you the weirdest one then. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I have when I was about seventeen. Was when I started getting like really angry at the world, like anger, anger and r- sort of like wrath and self self afflicted wrath. Like I hated humans, I hated myself. I just did not like what humans were up to, and uh, I had this thing on my foot. It was like a like a patch of like leather. And I remember asking my mom. It happened overnight, and I looked at it. I was like, "What is that?" We went to the doctor. He's like, "Oh, this is pretty common. You know, it's just here's a cream. Deal with it." And so I was like, all right, you know, so I put on the cream, did not go away. I was just like, oh, this is just going to be my, like, alien friend that lives on my foot. I don't give a shit. It just looks like a, you know, a big callus. I don't care. And uh, so I'm in, I'm in Cali, and I'm thinking about, I'm reading this book because I'm doing study on demons and uh, the, the way that sometimes demons will affect somebody, the chronic maladies, different things they can't get over. If you've given, again, signed one of those, those sort of metaphysical implicit contracts, they can manifest stuff in your body. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, and I didn't do this thinking at all about that. That thing was just not there. So I, I did what you would call a, uh, a, a uh, I excised what I thought. I, I, I burned all of the contracts that I could think about if I was using a Ouija board, um, listening to demonic music. Uh, I, I thought of everything in my life that I could trace back to an implicit contract. And I was like, I'm going to get rid of this. You know, I'm going to pray against it. I'm going to tear down the strongholds, you know, and so I did that. The next day, that thing was completely gone. Wow. It was, it was just gone. And so was this heaviness that I'd felt carrying around because my first prayer when I got saved was, how do I love people because I can't love myself? And God's like, well, just love me and I'll teach you how to love. And that's his first commandment. So that was the weirdest experience that I ever had where I saw something that was on my body that had been there for, you know, 12 years and it was gone. So I got well, I got two more. These are weird. Okay, these are happening. These are more like alien shit. What is that sound, dude? It's a uh, next door. Okay, they're, boxing. they're like deadlifting. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's weights. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, just making sure I get. We're about to so have one right now. So we were having band <laughs> practice, and it was pretty late. We used to have like a, sh- a bunch of people come over all the time, and uh, we were all standing outside, like smoking a cigarette. And there was like this orb, and it w- went across the sky, and, it, and we all looked at it. And we're like, "Can you see this? Can we all see this?" And, Everyone's like, yeah, I see this thing because it was moving like relatively slower pace, and you could just see, and it was just cruising right across the sky. It was like a, it was like a giant um, like bubble, you know how it has like that multicolored kind of look to it, except it was night and it was more vibrant. So we all saw that one night, and we're like, that was weird. Like we all don't know what it is, but it was definitely like an object. There was more than like there was like six of us that saw it, and there was another instance, and you can look this up. This is common around oh, our beaches, weird, and this yeah, is yeah. so weird. We went out um, at night. We're young. We're like, let's just go out to the beach. There's bioluminant algae out there. So we're, we're just tripping. Like, we're like checking, <laughs> tripping out on this stuff. And then all of a sudden, dude, they're called rare earth noises. I don't know. Have you ever heard of yeah, these? I've okay. Heard of it. The yeah. shit is real and yeah. it is freaky. And to add to bro, it, like we're in the water and there's bioluminescent, bioluminescent algae. 
Yeah. So like you wave your hand through the water and you're like, just lights that up. That is crazy. It's yeah. like it's like you know yeah. some Avatar yep. shit, bro. Yeah, it's totally. freaking awesome. But when I heard that, I jumped out of the water into the car like in one second. Sound like a cosmic freak. It train. sounded like demons screaming and and howling and like everything. It was so loud and these horns, bro. I, I will never forget it. I yeah, I've we heard had the no horns. idea. I've, yeah, heard, I've horn. seen videos of the horns. Bro, it There's was like, like two thousand in it too. That's yeah. like it's like a sub. You could. It's like a vibration. Right. Just, it's a yeah. sub. It's a deep sub. Like we we this happened like two thousand. 2008 2009 so it was before you could go online and see what yeah. it was so we were just like what we were freaked out that was bizarre and yeah. i still don't know what the hell that was dude uh mike you drew the short end of the six so i'm gonna have to give you 30 seconds dude, we I've, I've had two i would call them like sleep paralysis mm. experiences and those were absolutely terrifying you know whether they i would call them paranormal or demonic i don't know like it seems like the sleep paralysis thing is a pretty common understood thing but yeah, that was definitely like both times I remember like the dream that correlated with it. It was like I was dreaming that I was in my own bed and then someone comes in and like starts strangling me and I wake up Damn. in sleep paralysis, can't move, still having the remnants of the dream. And then I, then I finally like a huge gasp and to uh, uh, like snapped out of it. And uh, yeah, I've had that happen like twice. How much Robitussin did you take? I took zero. <laughs> Robo zero. Robo dancing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that those are probably the, the things I would throw on that list that I'm like unsure of well gentlemen thank you so much for coming on this is a little bit last minute but I'm glad we were able to make it work out this was definitely an Likewise. insightful conversation yeah. uh, I appreciate it I'll have the link for their stuff down below in the description uh, we have merch for sale we have the YouTube channel we have the TikTok channel uh, I'm just trying to wrap this up because we got another show coming in thank you so much for everybody listening and until next time stay bizarre stay bizarre Thank <laughs> you.